Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Julie Knutson with the podcast Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 146. Today's episode is going to be a G update and then a discussion related to listener questions that I have oriented primarily towards young dogs. I want to welcome some listeners. I, I keep finding out who's on here and who's listening in. And there's a lot of people that don't have Labradors and don't hunt and don't do the things that I often talk about on here. So I want to welcome everybody. This is a podcast about dogs and dog behavior and maybe even more about your behavior and how to have a good relationship with the dog. So I hope people find things useful here and I'd just like to welcome you. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff. Some of it's very oriented toward the the bird hunting things and a lot of it is just very oriented towards the dog and the people that are uh, operating them. And that's going to be today's too. But I'm going to bring a G, a G update. G's a little, now she's a five and a half month old puppy and she, you know I've been showcasing her all along. We have had her on birds one time and I've videoed that and put that on the Facebook page for this. And then we, uh, she was on birds again last week and it was, now she hunts. She hunts. If we are doing anything, if we just walking in front of the house, we are hoping that there is a bird or a bunny or something that we can hunt. So she's getting that. Let's just say that little light bulb has turned totally flicked on. Her pointing is very good. Uh, I videoed the last one and she's going one direction and gets wind and just does a 180, just boom into a beautiful point and stayed there until the, the gunner came up and started flushing it. And she never jumped in on it, but she just kept moving a point and jump, point, jump, point, jump. So she was, and she had a, the bird was shot. So it's the first time she's had a bird shot for her. And she did, <laughs> she loved that and went after it. And then on, like on the video, she goes and picks up the, the, bird and starts bringing it back to me and then the video ends and the reason it ended is because I had to turn off the phone because she stopped and turned around and just started going the other direction because this this freshly killed thing was in her mouth and she's bringing it back to me I think she caught herself and went whoa wait this is too good I'm not going to give this to her and so we had the, you know, puppy thing of, no, this, I got it. If it's a bumper, I'll bring everyone to you, but this is too good. So I had to throw the glove up and do stuff to get her back. So everything is going really well with her. We're getting a little bit of that beginning independence and, oh, I like this. I don't really want to do what you want me to do. And, and that's all fine. I don't get upset about it because I know it's coming. And so, and I don't yell and scream and get cords out or any of that. I just know that I've got to keep my basic obedience work up and keep the retrieving up. And we'll get her to bring all of those things straight back here in due time. But I'm not going to attack this problem because it's not a problem. It's just the natural evolution of what these guys do. Am I going to let her get away with it and run around? No, not at all. I'm going to, you know, get her one way or the other. But not by calling and calling, because the more I call and the more she ignores, I am teaching, I'm reinforcing ignoring. So that's where we are with G. I'm really happy with her. And she's just having a blast. Boy, life is good in G world. So that's, that's kind of fun. So on moving on to the, the puppy thing now, and young, I had some questions and I want to talk a little bit about this stuff because I have gotten a lot of, I've had been helping people with young dogs a lot and I've gotten a lot of young dogs in and there's a very common theme that I see in these dogs and with people 
And I want to, I want to tell people that are listening to me, tell just a little something about my perspective on animal training. Cause I know a lot of people, uh, watch what I do and are a little bit, they're like, they don't really understand. And, and I want to explain my perspective and I'll do it this way because, you know, we all deal with animals the way we deal with, uh, ourselves in life pretty much. Uh, that's my, that's one of my latest, greatest theories. I think that the way people feel about their, their puppies and their dogs, they treat them the way that they would like life to treat them. We all do that. You know, we, however we wish the life that life was to us, that's what we do to our dogs. Or if, you know, if we're kind of nasty and mean and that's, we're okay with life being that way, then we kind of do that with the dogs. So my way I do uh, is exactly how, what I believe in them, how I want the world to treat me and how I treat the world. I, we all do that. So I'm going to tell just a tiny story about me. I have two kids. People that have listened to this know that. They're adults and off doing their own thing now. And I've never, as I've, this is the truth, I have never yelled at them. I have never hit them. No, and not that I have a policy on that. I just never, never had to. Um, never got in a fight with them. No yelling, screaming, raised voices, nothing. And they're either, you know, I was just gifted with the most awesome kids in the world, which maybe I was, but not, they were, they've done, they were very imperfect, right? Very, a lot of problems, but we always, uh, treated one another with respect and with communication. So instead of wild, crazy emotion or any of that, it was just like, all right, this is how this works. Yeah. <laughs> This is what you get out of all this, and this is what you give in all of this, and this is how it worked. And it worked out really well, and and there just never was reason for fighting, and there never was reason for screaming or yelling or hitting or anything like that. So treating them with respect, again, they're imperfect. You know, they made mistakes. Shoot, I make mistakes. But you just have this understanding of how you get through the world. So one time a family was bringing their dog over for training it was a couple and they had i think three kids they came over to our house with the dog and i go out to meet them and get the dog and, and we have two very large duck big duck flight pen and a, a upland bird flight pen and the kids get out of their vehicle and they run over to the bird pens and when they do that all the birds fly. Well, I guess they really like that. So they start running around and getting the birds out. So I walked over, calm, like always, you know, and said, uh, you guys can't do that. I you can't run around and scare the birds. I need you to come back over here. Paid no attention to me whatsoever. None. Absolutely none. And I literally, I was stumped. I walked over to three young people and told them that they couldn't do this at my house. And they acted like I wasn't there. And they, I was literally did not know what to do. I was ill-equipped to deal with young people who didn't listen at all or pay any attention or have any respect for what I was saying. So I had to go get their parents. And when the parents had to literally physically go get them, I'd never seen anything like that in my life. I, I remember it to this day, and it's got to have been 20 years ago. And I just, here are these young people who are at someone else's place, right? And didn't care what they were told to do or anything. So you can imagine the dog that I got. It was very difficult to get over to the dog that, hey, we're together in this and you got to listen. And, you know, that we're in some teamwork stuff. 
So people, that's how I look at stuff. I was just, I didn't know what to do when you told kids don't do that. And they paid no attention. <laughs> this was amazing. So that's the same way that I approach dogs. I don't, you know, I don't think this is how you have to do this. I'm going to force you. It's, it's you have to treat them with respect and require that they do the same for you. And this is the part where I see people not, they'd kind of drop the dog training ball, especially with puppies. And, you know, I understand that. Here's this thing in your life that you just love to death and who could not love a puppy, right? There's everything precious and they're small and all this stuff grow very rapidly. And so we, we just love this and we just want them to be happy it's how PetSmart makes their money because they sell $10 billion worth of stuff to keep dogs happy. And they, we're just all worried about that and we want to be kind and good people, right? Because that's what we are. And, and so people create dogs that are just like those kids I described where everything is about whether they're happy or not or whether they're like what they're doing or not. And they don't really have to pay much attention to anything else. And that's where treat training then comes in, right? Because I can get them to pay attention to me when I have something they want that makes them happy. A bacon bit, right? So there's a whole training thing that's built on that. So people raise their dogs that way and then they, they find training that, that supports, here, if you do what I want, I'll give you something you want. Okay, I didn't do that with my kids either. They never got, you know, a cake because they got a good grade or something else. Um, they got college scholarships because they did stuff well. I'm all, that was great, right? But not little, not, not little treat things because that just, it's like they were a trained monkey, you know, and that's not what they are. And it's that way with dogs. Then as they begin to get older, now you're getting a dog that's exerting its will because we, t we teach them that's what you're supposed to do. So they put on, they have things now where you have the gentle leader, right? which is the, where the thing goes across the nose. So when the dog is tuning you out and wants to go somewhere, you just physically turn their head so they can't. <laughs> so we're not addressing them wanting to go somewhere against your will. We're just going, go ahead and try it. I'll just make sure you just turn a circle here. Or the harnesses. I know that's big now because people think that you can harm a dog with the the restrictive thing on the neck deal. So when you ha can control their whole upper torso, then you can control the dog. So even if they're pulling, you can kind of prevent it. All of that is avoiding uh, the problem. Now, for some people that are just not going to get into the dog training thing, that's going to be a good thing. Because, you know, if you can just pull on that gentle leader and the dog stops pulling because they don't want their nose cranked down by their neck, then and that's the best you can do, then by all means do that because we can't have the dogs all wild and crazy. But if you are going to have a well-behaved dog that doesn't require your tools of enforcement to do what you want, you're probably going to have to take a little bit different approach. And I'm going to call it a more of a mutual respect approach. And, and I mean that. And a lot of people take a little bit of offense to that, and I understand why. But when you put a gentle leader on, it's like, okay, I'm just going to physically um, prevent you from doing the stuff you want. I, that's what I'm going to do. So that's where, like, I'm the king and you are the, the minion and you must do whatever I say and I'll just force you. And, you know, if you're on a, one of those uh, harnesses and you want to pull, 
you, I'm stronger than you, so you can't. So I'll just sit here and we'll be in this tug of war on all this stuff. Versus having a dog that goes, I know what I need to do. We're together. I walk next to you. I don't pull you. I don't make all the choices. Um, I We're a team thing. And most of the time, the, the person makes the choices. Uh, so it's a philosophy. And I don't know if many people look at what they're doing with their dogs. But... People are so worried about if they're mean and you don't have to be mean. You know, I, like I said, I never even got in an argument with my kids and it wasn't because, you know, it was um, uh, spoken from the mount and they had no choice. It was like, they'd want to do something and I'd go, well, how do you think, how's that going to work? Are you going to be able to pay for that? Are you expecting me? How does this work? You know, and they had to think about it and they had to reason it out and they had to come up with good reasons for stuff. And if they did, then everything was good. And if they just wanted something just because, that wasn't a good enough reason. And it's the same way with, with dogs. So with puppies and with young dogs, one of the ways that people do this, and I don't think they're aware of it, because they don't think of these dogs like little creatures with hearts and minds and souls that are growing and developing and learning about life every single day. And I give one of the examples I always give, right? If a door opens, who's the first one through? It's the dog. If the gate opens, first one through it. If you open their crate because they're in it, they come smashing out and because they want out. I want out. And when we let them do that, um, then that becomes what you do when you want out of something or through something and over something, just force your way there. So later on, when the dogs are bigger and more powerful, now it's a problem. Same with the jumping thing. Everyone's picking up puppies or letting puppies jump up on them because they want to get picked up. And suddenly when the dog is 50 or 60 pounds, we need to stop. We need to have the get down thing, you know, and I just, it's like, no, you taught the dog to get up. So, so you just have to take it because you taught them to do that. Now you don't like it because you didn't think well enough ahead and the leash work. How many times I've heard people say, well, I don't, my dog is much better off a leash than on. So I don't even do it. Well, that means I don't really know how to do that leash stuff and it's not working very well and he's fine off the leash. So we'll just go with that. All right. So we're just completely avoiding the problem completely. So approaching these guys with a little bit more long-term planning and understanding of the relationship. And I'm going to call it respect. I really am. And I'm going to take G. So I didn't have G on a leash for, for a long time. We did the walk every day off leash in a safe place. And then pretty soon she started to get mentally a little bit independent. She was just going off and looking for stuff to eat. And when I would call her, do my little hup, which to which she responded a lot in the beginning, it didn't mean so much anymore. So in other words, what was happening was in that little dog head, she was beginning to put more of her energy and focus on what she wanted and a lot less on me. So there was my sign. It's time now to, to rein that back in because I need to be important to this dog. And I'll tell you why folks that think that I'm a little tough on dogs. Because someday that dog's going to be doing something with her owner, with me, with something. And there's going to be a barbed wire fence. And there's only four inches between each strand of barbed wire and it's tight. 
I need her not to go full speed through that fence thinking she can. Because if her head goes through there and then she she could just literally slit her throat or literally just take the skin off of her chest. Or if she's retrieving, going after a bird that was shot and she's going across a road and that no one's ever on and there is somebody, some kid in a teenage, a teenager in a, just barreling down there. I need to be able to say no here and have that dog turn around. Whether she's got a training collar on or not, whether she's 10 yards or a 1,500 yards away from me, if I say no here, she has to go, okay, all right. I have to keep the dog safe and alive all the time. And the only way I do that is to have that dog think that when I say something, it's important. And that is most easily achieved on a dog if when they begin to tell you as a youngster, like gee, was, I don't know, three, three and a half months, somewhere in there, when I went, look, she's starting to tune me out a little bit where she wasn't before. So I'm not going to go punish her in the field. All I use that, I'm on the walk going, listen, this dog is starting to tune me out more and tune her own desires in. That's when I started basic obedience on a leash with a little safe puppy choke chain. And I've videoed that stuff too. And we just heal and sit. You got to walk on my left side and you got to sit. And then if I say here, when you're three feet in front of me, you have to come to me and either sit or heal. And so I worked real hard on getting into her little head about, wow, I got to listen to the word she's saying, not the word she says eight times, because that just becomes blah, 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 blah. But when she says here, I have to come to her. And then when she says sit, I have to drop my bottom. So I got into her little head, changing that. So I'm not being tough. I'm not being anything. I'm just getting into this dog's head and letting her know, hey, we're a team. And it did. It got better. I We stopped going out in the field for a week or two because that was just becoming her. I called it a fraternity party. And we went and worked on this stuff a lot more. And then when we went back out in the field, we were way more connected. That is respect for that animal. I know what's going on in her head and I'm going to address that. And if I do it at the right time, then I don't have to get double tough later on. So those of you with those six-month-old, seven-month-old young dogs like that who have kind of let the dog just develop its own free will and let it, let it believe that the more you exert what you want, the better chance you have of getting it, when you teach them that, when you open the door and they go slamming out in front of you or slamming in in front of you, when they are exerting their will over their respect for your physicality, your presence, your being there, when they do that continuously, that's what you've taught them. Just go for it. Just like those kids that were scaring all the birds up in my rear pen. You just do whatever you want. Never mind what they say. Just go hard. And then when, and this is what I, and I've had several people probably upset with me recently. When they come with this big, strong young dog that thinks I just do whatever I want. Now we got to up the ante. Basically, if you have a dog like that, you need to not have a dog like that. That dog will run across the street. That dog will go through the barbed wire fence. That dog will go up to another dog that's going to kill it if he gets very close because you can't stop him. That's what you're going to have. So if you come back with these dogs and go, listen, not fair, I'm sorry, but we're going to change the rules. You have to listen to what I say and you have to do it. 
and I'm not going to do the work for you. I'm just going to make sure you understand when I say sit, you have to sit. And when I say here, you have to come here. And I'm not, and you have, you have to make the effort. So again, and then I'm going to get on to one of my questions here. But so the thing is, once you get that in your mind, I need to do this, right? <clears throat> that means you take a couple days to teach them what heal means and what sit means. And then you have to stop doing the work for them. And you have to teach them that when you say sit, they need to sit. And you do that with sit enforcement or heel enforcement, which is the jerk on the chain up to sit or forward to come to you or along with you when you heal. You have to have a level of enforcement right there that they want you to stop so that, and they will do it without your enforcement. That's the part many, many people miss. Okay, so you got them walking on leash and you pull up and then they sit down. Okay, and then you heal and then you pull up and they sit down. All right, now they're waiting for you to pull up before they sit down because you've built that into the pattern. So after you've taught them to sit, make the pull up or do a little healing stick on the bottom where they're going, okay, I'm going to sit. You don't have to do that anymore. And then they start taking the responsibility and doing the work. That whole little part in there with these puppies, which is where everybody, people see me do this with dogs and they're like, holy, she's a mean lady. I'm not, I'm not mean at all. But I'm going to get this dog in a position where they begin to take responsibility for doing the work themselves instead of just coasting along, doing whatever they want. And then when you start teaching them stuff, you still do the work for them. You know, that wouldn't be a very good kid. And it's not a very good dog. So I want to, <laughs> I want to get that stuff in there. I've had a lot of people doing this, you know, and, and I think they're all a little shocked when I go, here, give me your dog. It's time. This dog needs to learn respect. Needs to learn respect. So I had a, I had some people a little upset with me. Their dog is jumping all over me. Jumping all over me. Okay, that didn't seem to bother them. I think it embarrassed them. Dog's basically just uh, uh, assaulting me. So I get them on a leash and get them going, heal and sit. They stop assaulting me. And I know they're, it's like, wow, that's, wow, that was, you know, you, wow, you're real. You can see they're just so sorry for their dog. I'm like, Really? You don't care if the dog is jumping all over me, but when I make him heal and sit, oh, the poor dog. Okay. I, I mean, you're going to have the kids that just run around the bird pen chasing everything up. It's, all, it's the best thing for the dog to learn to be a team partner and to be respectful. That's all I can say. That's very, very important. So I have a puppy question here that I got in recently. I want to get this one. Um, I'm not going to... There's. I'm going through something with a five-month-old pup um, with some more variables this time around. Another dog in the house. The pup adores. Uh-oh. Terribly cold Minnesota weather. And so the walk has been walking in the plowed areas. That's always, it, that's, it's still good you're doing it. Limited kennel time. Um, anyway, I'm at the pup point where the pup knows what here means. But unless I have the check cord, he takes a, a run in the opposite direction. Well, then he doesn't know what here means. He, it, it triggers something for him, especially in the house. I don't feel I've developed a tight bond given his preference for being with the other dog or human in the house. Okay. Um, probably most people that listen to this very much can already kind of get this. All right. So at this point, should I work on bonding? <laughs> no. And let him run the opposite direction with all positive reinforcement. 
no <laughs> or correct known behavior we don't have the e-collar good this dog is way too young for electricity no 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 don't do that and i enjoy your podcast so thank you thank you very much i appreciate it all right okay you you don't have a bonding problem your dog is bonded to the other dog most likely um also at least based on what i'm hearing right now so the other dog is probably the primary partner of this puppy so you've already got things established there you know about who who your who your partner is and it's it's not you and as long as the situation that created that pairing continues that pairing will continue so you can use all the positive reinforcement you want or negative or any other thing but that's the primary pairing and as you go in you're getting now with the age of that dog into where you're going to start some more serious stuff you're going to have a way harder time and you're going to have to be tougher like i am on some other people's dogs sometimes because you've got to pull that dog into a completely different pairing situation so and i understand the difficulty of the two dogs i understand all that and minnesota does make it hard nonetheless that dog has now paired up with your other dog and you're you are secondary and maybe you're even tertiary maybe maybe you're the bottom of the deal so anytime that you just be nice that just makes you the benign nice other guy and if there's nothing else more interesting going on then you'll be important so just like i did with g when i was having a lot of problems with g tuning me out and wanting to hunt and stuff like that she didn't go do any walks anymore she stayed basically in the yard or the kennel she wasn't with any other dogs at all because i you know she would have loved that well if i can't go walk then i'm gonna play with these guys she just was uh spent time by herself and then we did nothing but basic obedience so in doing that with her that became the highlight of her day that became the highlight now i she's only gonna be a puppy so we're on you know she's gonna be in a middle of april she's gonna be six months old and we're gonna start more formal stuff right i don't have a lot of time to do to get her mind in a real good place so that as we continue into all the other stuff it's a it's a clear straight smooth road that we both understand so i pulled her out of that stuff and so me coming to wherever she was and you know, she aired and stuff in the yard by herself and then went back into the yard or the kennel or something and then and kennel is a run not a not a literal crate she'd be in her run and i'd come get her with my leash and stuff i filmed that stuff and we went and did basic obedience and did some hand thrown retrieves um and all that and that was the highlight of her day i mean she didn't even come and hang out in the living room didn't even do that it was like I had to switch her mind over. Now she did not think she was being tortured. That's what everybody thinks. Oh, was she sad? Was it? Not at all. She's just like, hey, what's happening? And until I got where I'm, me coming to work her on the technical stuff, that was exciting. She's so happy about it. Quit hunting stuff. It, that she's real happy. When I got that consistent and the behavior was good, I could ease back into that other stuff. But there, it never involved other dogs. It never involved other dogs. She's extraordinarily social. So what she gets to do is be side by side with them. 
in another yard, in another run. She gets that. But that tussling together, establishing that real strong connection that dogs do, they're going to band up given the opportunity. So I have never given her that opportunity. Not at all. And now at, at five and a half months, when I let her out of her stuff and she's with the other dogs that are, are here in training and we're loading onto the trailer, she no longer goes over there and starts wanting to wrestle with them, which in the beginning I noticed that. So I prevented that. Now she just gets out and, and runs, you know, they all run over to my trailer and then she ready to jump on her hole. So I managed to not let that become too much of a problem. So, no, I don't know where positive reinforcement would come in there at all. Um, so, one, you got a couple problems. One, you're not that important, and that's not good. The other dog is all important, and that's not what you want, assuming you're training this dog, you know, for some hunting stuff and all that. That's not real good. I don't know whether it would go over in the house if you isolated the pup more. <laughs> you know, now you're not going to do that. I know a lot of people don't like that, but... If you don't get this dog where you're the highlight, the other, you know, probably the house time and the other dog is the highlight. That's what's growing. That's what's expanding. That's what's becoming reinforced and stronger and stronger. So later on, when the snow's gone, you're going to have to probably get kind of tough or else always fight the fact that you're not very important and that the sight of you is nice, but not like, oh, yes yes, now I'm going to dig down and we're going to do some stuff and this is going to be a lot of meaning. So that sounds more like the problem that you have. Electricity is not the answer because you haven't taught this dog that it has to do uh, what you say. Also, I probably wouldn't do in the house. I wouldn't require all kinds of great response because that's the house. Right? I mean, that's where you relax and hang out and obviously plays with the other dog and gets a lot of love. And you can't say, all right, this is going to be you know, the fraternity party and your algebra class all at the same time. doesn't really work that way. So when your dog isn't coming when called in the house, that tells you that you are not significant. So you and your dog need to go somewhere and work together. And it takes weeks and establish your significance, not with positive reinforcement, not with negative, just by teaching and enforcing. And if you do that, and you do it well, so the dog, dig, make the dog dig down. Make them try. Make them, make them think this is a game and that they can beat you at everything and they can go do stuff faster. Go at it that way, and then you become more fun than the other stuff because any intelligent, good animal, just like people, they want challenge. They want to have to, to accomplish and to begin to master things. That's really a big deal. But if you don't get that going, then the, the bonding with the other dog, the pack deal, that's going to be the dominant thing. And you're always going to be kind of over to the side looking in. So that's my opinion on that anyway. I hope that, uh, I hope that answered that. People, not, not, not my questioner, I'm not saying that, but people really do have, uh, I, I would strongly encourage people like they would if they had kids Stop and look at what is that dog thinking? What is it? What are they telling me? You know, and then this dog is telling me that I'm not very important and everyone else is. That's clearly the mess as you describe it. That's the message you have. So when they don't want to walk on the leash or they don't want to do things with you, 
Again, like I tell people, you don't have a dog pulling problem. You have a dog that doesn't give a wit about what you want. That's your problem. And it manifests on the leash and it manifests in the house and everywhere you go and out in the field, it manifests when they, when you're not very important, then they tell you. And so you don't attack the symptom of your unimportance. You go after the fundamental issue, which is I need to go in and teach this dog that we're a team and that I have a role and they have a role and I'm going to give my best effort and the dog needs to do the same thing. Very, very feasible if you can break it down like that. So that is today's uh, podcast, very uh, heavily oriented toward people and puppies. Um, this week with G, we're going to be doing, uh, we're in the water now, yay, uh, barring unforeseen blizzard. And we are retrieving, I'm going to go back to retrieving bumpers when we run marks instead of birds, even though it seems cool to run birds, just because that's so delightful for her and it's creating some uh, behaviors I don't really want. So I just want the re direct retrieve. So I'll still, you know, do some, we might shoot birds in the upland field. Uh, if they're pointed, but on the regular marks, landmarks and one marks, I'm going to go back to bumper. So we don't have the, Ooh, I'd really like to take this the other way. So I'm just not going to let that problem grow until I have a few more tools. You know, we're going to start the force fetch probably here in the next three, four weeks and but just hold the hold part of that, even though I've already been doing it. Um, we're going to get going on that. So that's today's, that's bringing everything up to date. Sorry about the kind of a little bit of a soapbox here on this puppy thing but wow people hurt themselves so much in the first four months they have those puppies and all because they air quotes love the dog man if you love the dog do the respect thing because in their world respect is love it is otherwise if they're just using you for how you make them feel and what you give them you can call that love, but it's really them going, this is awesome. I'm just catered to all the time. But when you want to see a dog really love you, it's when you two are working hard in one direction and making progress and you both understand and you both feel the success when you get there. In a dog world, I'll tell you, that's love every time. So that's today. I hope everybody is doing well and uh, staying healthy season is uh, is coming on us so and questions are welcome i appreciate everybody's listening and i hope everybody uh has a great day